Our text this morning is the first verse of chapter 5 of the first letter of John. And we're looking at the need for new life. And uh, through the past week, past couple of weeks, there have been a number of conversations, situations which really have left me so concerned, to be honest, at times shocked, about the confusion that some have about what it is to be a real Christian, what it is that we look for, what it is that the Scriptures say so plainly it is to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even amongst those who would call themselves Christians, maybe have had many years where they've gone to church or been linked with church activities, maybe some experience that they've known, and yet they don't have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Some who claim great experiences and yet cannot say what the gospel actually is. And in terms of what the Bible says about what it is to be a true believer, they are so far away from these very glorious and very simple truths. And so I felt compelled to take a short break from our series in Matthew just to look at some of those basic truths about what the Bible actually says a Christian is. What is a Christian? How do you know that you're a Christian? And this passage in John's first letter is very helpful to make this clear. In fact, John, in his writings under the inspiration of the Spirit, you'll remember in the gospel that he wrote, he had the following purpose. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And then his letters, really, they they build on this and they give Uh, instruction in the light of this, you know, even at the end of the passage we read, he says, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So he's writing so that we can know that we're true believers, and we can continue by the grace of God. It's interesting, in this opening verse, we're also given help in understanding how the Bible works too. If you look at that verse, it says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. So in the context, he's been writing about loving the brethren, Christians loving their brothers and sisters, other Christians, and how this is a sign that we know Jesus ourselves. And when we're saved, we're brought into God's family. We are made children of God. And because of that, we have a special relationship with other Christians, other brothers and sisters, and particularly within a a, a local church, a local family, a local fellowship. And that family link in Christ means that we should love each other. But as John writes about that, he is also drawing in much more than just that point. And that's something that we must always keep in mind when we come to reading the Bible. You often have the the main point, but there's also a, a wider context. And so although John has been teaching about loving the brethren, he does so presuming that the people that he's writing to understand what the Bible teaches about other things, not least what it means to be a true Christian. And so he's writing, taking it for granted that the people know, because of his gospel and other scriptures, about doctrines like regeneration. That means a person who was once spiritually dead is made spiritually alive by God. 
So he's taking it for granted that they would know about that. And also about rebirth, that a Christian is someone who has been born again. God has given them this life. There has been a deep change in that person. And so loving the brethren is only a feature of a person's life if these other things are present. Because he's speaking about life in God's family. But if you haven't been born again into that heavenly family, these things are impossible for that person. You know, if you read through the New Testament, the apostles do this as well. They assume the belief and acceptance of certain truths by the people. Now you say, well, what does that mean for me? It means that we cannot follow their arguments unless we've got the basic truths upon which everything else is founded. And in this letter, John keeps repeating certain points to make sure that he is clear. So he's already dealt with what it means to be born again, to be born of God several times, but here he comes back to it again. And in our text, he explains this amazing truth in a fresh way. And when John writes, he likes to summarize the big truths of the gospel of biblical Christianity, often in one verse. You say, well, why does he do that? Well, it was vital that the people to whom he was writing didn't miss them. His heart was for them, that they would really grasp the truth, that they would believe the truth, and that this truth would transform them. Without that firm foundation of the the coherent message of the Bible, Scripture interpreting Scripture, certain arguments would not have the impact that they should. Now, just a little side note on that. You know, you speak to folks sometimes who are just interested in one particular aspect you know, of, of theology or what the Bible says, one position or, or one specific element of teaching from the Bible, and they just rip it out of the wider context of what the Bible teaches as a whole. They disconnect it from the whole body of Bible truth, and it causes major problems not just for them, but also for the people around them. We need those big Bible truths. We need that whole view of Scripture, the principles to give us the basis from which we can then form our our worldview and our positions on various things. And so John sets his teaching on brotherly love on the foundation of what it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ, what it means to be a real Christian. So two very simple points this morning. A real Christian is a person who has been born again. A real Christian is a person who has been born again. See what it says. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. So loving the brethren can only be seen in the light of this new birth. And I've been reminded this week not to make assumptions. We, friends, need to hear the gospel. And often people's views of what it means to be a Christian often come down to self. You find that when you talk to people, my faith, my belief, my action, my good work. That's not what the New Testament says. Ask yourself this morning, what do I understand by the term Christian? If someone asked me to explain it to them, what would I say to them? What makes one person a Christian and another person not a Christian? If I claim to be a Christian this morning, what am I basing that claim on? You know, often our answers can fall far short of the truth that is there in our text. 
In fact, John summarizes the teaching in the New Testament about what it is to be a true believer. And immediately, there are some things that we just have to get rid of from our thinking according to what the Bible says. So we have to remove any idea that being a Christian is connected to anything that we have done or that we have produced or for which we are somehow responsible. The New Testament leaves no place for any of that. And sadly, that is what so many people think Christianity is all about, what I have done. Whereas the New Testament speaks of being given new life. It speaks of being born again. It speaks of being made a new creation. And when we begin to think about it in that way, the wonder of what it means to be a true Christian hits home. The first thing that we are faced with is that what makes a person like me or like you, a Christian, is something that God does in them, not something that they have done for themselves. They've been born of God. They've been begotten of God. It's God's action. It's God's work. It's God intervening. And when you line up how many people explain their ideas, you see how far they fall short at this point. We are so quick to slip into thinking that being a Christian is about what we do. I live a good life, so I'm a Christian. Uh, I was born in a Christian home, so I'm a Christian. I go to a place of worship on a Sunday, so I'm a Christian. Well, I don't do certain things, so I'm a Christian. Or I did this course, and I'm a Christian. Or I was baptized, and so I'm a Christian. Or I'm a respectable person, so I'm a Christian. Or I had this experience, so, so I'm a Christian. The whole emphasis is on me, what I do, what I've experienced. But the Bible says, no, being a believer is about what God has done. He begot, he works, he gives life, he saves. We cannot be a Christian unless God has been at work in us. We've got to be born again. And so a real Christian is given a new nature. So a true believer receives the life of God. It says in our text, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. You know, the of in that little three-word expression is so important. It means to receive something of God himself. And so God's action is not just to do something on the outside, some sort of cleaning up of the outside when we're made Christians. It is a deep change within. Many people mistake being a Christian for someone who is just cleaning up the outside. Oh, we're just, you know, trying to change our behavior a little bit and we'll try and stop doing this and do this. Oh, friends, it's so much more than that. We have to be careful, you know, when we consider this, especially when it comes to using the word creation. One puts it like this, when God created the world, he did not impart himself to it. He made it outside himself. But in the new creation, in the rebirth that makes us Christian, the New Testament teaches that we receive something of God's own nature. That's a staggering thing. We are made partakers of the divine nature. We are sharers in and participators of it. So the New Testament idea of what makes us Christian is not that we happen to be born in a certain country or that our parents happen to be Christians or we went to this or that church. Not at all. It is nothing less than we have been born out of God. We are those who have received something from God, something of the divine nature. Now, Don't misunderstand and think that this is something material. 
No, it means that the believer is receiving a spiritual nature, a spiritual outlook, spiritual desires, a new way of looking at things, a new nature. A change is effected that brings us this divine life where we are brought to know Jesus, where we are united to him, and we are set on a path in which we will be changed and conformed to his likeness. It's a staggering thing. It's a transformation, something new, something given to us and in us. And so the Bible says that when I am converted, when I'm made a Christian, a change has taken place that means I'm totally different in terms of my condition to what I was before. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's a deep, deep change. It's the action of God. Changes me, makes me new, gives me to know life in the Lord Jesus. God intervenes. And the sinner is shown the holiness of God. The sinner is shown the, the sinfulness of his sin. The sinner is shown that Jesus is the only one who can save them. And they're given this life and this new nature. And they're given a new sight of God. They're given a new sight of themselves. They're given a new sight of Jesus. They're given a, a new sight of the cross. And so they turn from sin. And they turn from self. And they throw themselves on Christ. His death on the cross in their place. And they, they look to him alone for all they need in this life and the next. God plants within the heart of a person those gifts of repentance and faith. The scriptures tell us that faith itself is a gift of God. And so they repent of their sin, they turn from it, and they trust in Christ, and they're forgiven. They're reconciled, they're brought together with God. The relationship that was broken is mended, and they're given new life, new perspective. Oh, friend, when the Lord deals with you, when he saves you, when you're given this new life, you know it's happened. And when it's happened, you begin to grow and go into a, a richer and deeper knowing of the Lord. Now, the change is not always dramatic in terms of, you know, what happens and the circumstances around it. But it is always a miracle. It's always profound. The direction of life is not as it was before. The one genuinely converted knows that their life is not as it was in terms of they know God. And true believers know that they are now different from unbelievers. They're different from those around them in the world, and they feel that. Now, you say that in the world, and the reply will be predictable. Oh, that's typical of you Christians. You know, you always think that you're, you're better. You always think that you're holier than now, and you, you look down on others. Now, if I'm a real Christian, I am different from those in the world but I won't be like the Pharisee who was full of pride and said, oh God, I thank you that I am not like other men. That's not the attitude of a true believer. The true believer says, I am different, but it's nothing that I have done. It's God's grace. And they'll be humble. And they'll say, Lord, you have been so merciful to a sinner like me. I'm nothing. I deserve nothing, but you have dealt so kindly with me. And I am so thankful, Lord, that you didn't withhold your love from me, but that you set it upon me and you saved me. 
and you've made me part of your family. You see, there's no pride because this deliverance, this new life is a gift of God. And though I will be immensely thankful that I am no longer in the world, that I am no longer a slave to sin, that God has had mercy on me, has plucked me out, unlike others who remain in the world, blind to their sin, who don't know him and don't see their need of the Savior, it's not pride, it's humility. And also there'll be a longing that God will be gracious to others, just as he has been gracious to me. And this new life that is given also brings the believer into a new relationship with other believers. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. So those who are born again, born of God, they they have to bear similarity. I am made new, I am different, but though I am different from unbelievers, I am now in the same condition as others who are born of God. And so there's a lightness in the members of a family. They bear the marks of their parents. And in the same way, there's a lightness about the people of God, and that's one of the most glorious things about being a Christian. You know an affinity with them. You see the lightness in them. We recognize our our brothers and sisters. We, We see the life in them. We know it. You know, it's really beautiful. It's a lovely proof of how being a Christian means to be born again you know, you look around, by, by natural birth and temperament, we are all so very different. You know, as we were by nature, you know, we would have no affinity with those who were so different and that we didn't like. The reality is, if the Lord had not intervened in our lives, many of us would never have even met each other. Yet the Christian finds similarity in those who by nature and divine birth are different. And the church, the the Lord's people, the company of the redeemed, if you want to call them that, are in themselves a testimony, testimony to this amazing work of God. You see the diversity of people who are Christians. And yet as we come together, we come as one. Why? Because we have a common bond. We have the same Heavenly Father, the same Savior. And we love each other because of that love that has been shed abroad in us. It's a common inheritance that has been given to us. We share it together. So ask yourself this morning, are you aware of God's work to give you new life? Ask yourself, have you been born again? Do you acknowledge that you are what you are by the grace of God? Not by your effort, not by your own activities, not by your religious works or associations, but because of his grace. Do you know that you have been given new life in Christ? Do you know him? Do you trust him? Do you love him? Do you follow him? The Bible says a true Christian has this new life in the Lord Jesus. Nothing of self, all of God. And they are humbled. They are thankful. And they know that indeed they have been granted this grace. And the believer knows that they're a child of God, born of God, out of God, generated by God. That's what the New Testament means when it speaks of a Christian. A real Christian is someone who has been born again. And then second point, and we'll draw it together. A real Christian shows the fruit of being born again. How do we know that we're believers? Well, what are the fruits of being born again? Well, John tells us in our verse, and he says that one of the fruits is faith. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 
That is essential. John says that a person who believes in Jesus Christ, the Jesus as revealed in the Bible, by the way, not the Jesus of their own creating, the Jesus as revealed in Scripture, is a person who is born of God. There can be never saving faith without new birth. Now, some might want to ask, well, what comes first, belief or being born again? Well, the Bible teaches that it is regeneration. God gives life. That's first. The Spirit brings life to the spiritually dead. And one of the first expressions of that life is that a person believes. The Bible tells us that we were dead in trespasses, that we were dead in sin. Imagine someone dead like that. They're unable to move. They're unable to do anything. They're unable to believe. That corpse would have to be made alive before it could do anything. Paul speaks in 1 Corinthians of the natural man unable to receive the things of the Spirit of God, whereas the Christian, having received the Spirit of God, is able to know and understand and receive the things freely given to us of God. And this is the great tragedy, says Paul to the Corinthians, that the Son of God and the Lord of glory came into this world, stood before men, and he spoke to them. He did miracles before them. Yet the princes of this world did not want him. They did not believe in him. And the Spirit of God was not theirs. No one can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Spirit. There is no such thing as faith without rebirth. A man cannot believe unless he is born again. And so according to the Bible, how wrong it is to say that as a natural man I believe, and because of my belief, I am given new birth. The dead cannot believe, they cannot believe, they are incapable. If a person believes in Jesus Christ, it is proof that God is already at work to give life. Now, what does such a person believe? Well, they believe that Jesus is the Christ. True Christians never just believe in God in a general way in his existence. Lots of people have some belief like that. You know, even to believe that God is great and majestic, even to believe that God is holy, does not make a person a Christian. Christian faith is specific in acknowledging that Jesus is the Christ. In other words, their eyes are fixed on him. It is what we believe about him that makes us a Christian. And so we believe that Jesus of Nazareth, that real historical person, the one who worked as a carpenter for so many years, the one who preached and healed and did amazing miracles, we believe that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, that he is the anointed of God. And John echoes Paul in Ephesians when he says ultimately that it's in Christ and in Christ alone that salvation comes to us. He's the Messiah. He is the only one who came to deliver sinners, to deliver a people for himself. And so to believe he is the Christ is to believe that there is no salvation at all possible for us outside of him. It is bound up in him alone. Friend, I ask you, if you were to die today, what would be your plea before a holy God? Your answer to that question this morning will tell you whether you're a real Christian or not. If it is anything, but I have no plea but Christ, his shed blood, then you're not a Christian. 
A Christian believes that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the unique Son of God, that he is the eternal Son, that he came in flesh incarnate, that he bore our sin in his own body on the tree. It is to believe that it is only because our sin was punished in Christ on the cross that God can forgive us. It is in that way that he delivers us and sets us at liberty and he rose again to justify us. He is seated at the right hand of God. He is waiting until all his enemies be made his footstool and one day he will return again and destroy evil from the earth and introduce his kingdom in fullness. Jesus is the Christ. And when I'm born again, I believe that without hesitation or reservation. And I believe it not just with my mind, I believe it with all of me. I commit my whole life to him. And if I believe, I know I am delivered because Christ has done that for me. And I see that apart from Christ, I am lost. I am undone. I am condemned. So my whole eternity I commit to him. And so one of the first fruits of being born again is that I believe fully in Jesus, the Christ of God. And then second fruit is love for God. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. True Christians know well that they are hell-deserving sinners, that God would be just to condemn them for their rebellion and sin. They know that that would have been their eternity if not for the overwhelming love of God in sending his son to save them. They realize the love of God for them, and so they love God with every part of their being. They realize they owe everything to God. That is so necessary for Christian men and women. And however well or poorly they may be living as the Lord's people, they feel still that they're hell-deserving sinners that in and of themselves, you know, they, they owe everything to the grace of God. It is all of grace. And it's God's love alone that has made them what they are. And they know that in Christ, God is no longer against them. The enmity has been removed. They are filled above all else with an amazing sense of gratitude that God, should love me, that God should save me, that God should send his son to die in my place. They love God. Do you know that gratitude in your life? You see, if really you're relying upon yourself and on your good life, your actions, your belief, you won't have such a sense of gratitude to God because you're doing it. You're doing it all. And so, you know, you're grateful to yourself for what you are. Yet if we realize that we're nothing and that God is everything, has given us everything, oh, we will be thankful and we will love him who has begotten us. And then love for the brethren. Everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. And simply that means this. We look at our brothers and sisters and we see those that are loved of God. We see those who are saved by grace and we treasure them, and we're brought together in Christ, we are family. And we realize that they owe everything to the grace of God just as we do. And we realize that in spite of their sinfulness, God sent his son to die for them just as he did for us. And we know that bond. 
And though we have our ups and our downs, we say, that is my brother, that is my sister, and I love them in the Lord because God loves them and we have been brought into his family. And so we love them and we're marching together to that land that God has prepared for us. And the journey is rough at times and we have to bear with one another, but that bond is there because it's in Christ. We're together, united in him. And so very simply, a true Christian is one who has been born again, born of God, given new life in Christ. And this will show itself in faith, in love for God, and in love for brethren. You know, that is the New Testament definition of a Christian. And you know, what has the world got that compares with that? The things which are holding people's minds and attention and time, empty prizes which they're chasing. They are seen as dust in the light of these things. A Christian is born of God. You know, if you're born again this morning, you are a child of God. You're an heir of God. You are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You've been made part of that royal family of heaven. The King of kings and Lord of lords, we are partakers of his divine nature. You have been immeasurably blessed. But friends, for those of you who know not Christ, who've not been born again, then you face a dark eternity. And I pray that God will be gracious and that he would open your eyes. Do you know, as I close, a well-known hymn of William Gadsby came to my mind. And it says this, Pause my soul and ask the question, are you ready to meet God? Am I made a real Christian? Am I washed in the Redeemer's blood? I wonder what your answer is to that this morning. If you're looking anywhere else but to Jesus Christ, you're lost. But the wonderful thing is, by God's grace, even this morning, you can run to him and be saved. I pray that you would not leave this place until you know that you are right with him, forgiven, accepted, born again, child of God, and have that certain hope that one day you will see the Lord Jesus Christ and worship him forever. Amen. Amen.